0: You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One.
1: You're listening to
0: Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Let me tell you a little bit about Dodge. The Brotherhood of Muscle is looking for new members, and the only way to join is to get behind the wheel of Dodge's only family of all-wheel drive muscle cars. The Dodge Charger, with up to 300 horsepower and 30 miles per gallon, it's the only muscle car in its class that throw you back in your seat and still get that kind of MPG. The Dodge Challenger is the most affordable V8 in its class. And the Dodge Journey, the most powerful three-row all-wheel drive vehicle in its class. And, of course, the Dodge Durango, which is also the most powerful SUV with all-wheel drive availability in its class. Hurry into your Dodge dealership and start your introduction to the Brotherhood of Muscle. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the motorator, DeAndrea. I'm here in the studio again with Alistair Weaver from Edmunds.com. Welcome back. How are you? Thank you, Matt. Really good. Thank you. Ah, it's been a month already. It has yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it seems like we've done so much since then. You've been traveling all over the
2: place. You were in Europe. Right Uh, as in yeah, I did a tour of the East Coast of the U.S. as well. Detroit, visiting all the car manufacturers. So Detroit, New York, New Jersey, Washington, Philadelphia. So a lot of time on the road.
0: You know, um, uh, we've speaking of traveling, um, our buddy Goldberg is not in the studio with us today. He's out on the East Coast, I believe, doing the Gold Rush Rally, and I think he stopped by Barrett Jackson. He's still on his way back. I'm pretty sure he did Gold Rush in a Ford GT.
2: Did he fit in the end? I don't we know. We don't know. We're going to find
0: out. So what we're going to do is is uh, uh, we're going to give him a call uh, a little bit uh, a little bit later. We're going to give him a call and see kind of what he's been doing, what he's been up to. Um, uh, I tell you what, if you guys had a chance to listen to uh, to this show a few weeks ago, we had the guys from Evans Evans Waterless Coolant on for a great segment. What we had was. Uh, If you missed it, go back, take a listen. We talked about the pitfalls of having water in your coolant, things like boil over system pressure, corrosion, burst hoses, uh, head gasket failure, uh, all kinds of things like that. We talked about how waterless coolant solves all of those issues. Um, So we had the guys call in. They were good sports. They answered a lot of the questions that you guys sent in, uh, uh, which I thought was fantastic. Thank you guys for sending that in. So if you missed it, it's a really good segment worth listening to. So just go back, give it a listen. Let me know what you guys think. And if you like it, we could try to have these guys come in again and uh, and do more stuff like this. So uh, I think you guys would dig it and check it out. So whether you heard them or not, be sure to check out evanscoolant.com slash fightback. You can see why waterless coolant is better for your engine. That's evanscoolant.com slash fight back for the only waterless coolant on the market and the solution for to corrosion and boil over so we we'll check those guys out um man last time we did this uh, uh while you were gone traveling doing your thing Goldberg and I went down to the HRE wheels open house we did a couple of shows while we were down there um but the day I was leaving to go down there the starter did not work on my M3, on my 2001 M3. So I went down, and, and it, it's going to feel like it's a little like out of order to some of this content, but uh, I got on there, just got down to HRE. It was a great show. Everybody was fantastic, but I was just in fumes. I was just like, I can't believe it, blah, blah, blah. you know. And I was like, on one hand, I'm like, it's just a car, whatever. I'll fix it. Um, anyway, we just got around to fixing it this past weekend. Uh, that stupid starter is underneath the intake manifold right and then when you get to it you take the manifold off in my case i have the supercharger so i have the air to water intercooler yeah. uh, up there so i had to remove that water lines all kinds of stuff and as i do that i'm finding i'm finding issues with the water lines there was plastic fittings instead of brass and they were kind of uh, kind of like unthreading themselves you know because when there's enough tension on them you know plastic threads can just kind of pull out
2: so it's Pandora's box.
0: Yeah, so I had to fix those, and then you get to the starter, and you realize, yeah, the starter looks like it's easy to access. It's underneath the manifold, but the bolts come in from the transmission side, so you still have to kind of wiggle your way back there or get it up on a lift. And uh, one of our guys in the shop who comes in every once in a while helps out. This guy Sergio, he was a he worked at a BMW dealer, you know for. For five years or something. And I was like, I can monkey with this thing all day, but why don't I just focus on some of the other issues? Like there was an oil return line on the supercharger that was leaking. I had to redo that. I redid the water lines. And while I did that, Sergio came over and busted out that starter in 45 minutes because he's done a million of them. And I was yeah. like, gosh, thank you. <laughs> because I, stayed, I would just stand there, I'm just standing there scratching my head going, the bolts come from the backside. And it's, it's it, you know, it's like, is there three bolts? It turns out there's two bolts and a pin. But anyway, long story short is, New starters in, fires right up. I've been driving it, but I haven't put the supercharger back on yet. I've, I've made a couple of changes to the way it, it was mounted and installed originally. Uh, we've just made a couple of modifications to the brackets. And what I found out was, uh, and I touched on this before, but if you missed it, what I found out was, uh, well, first of all, we know that the Vortex superchargers, which is a centrifugal supercharger, looks like a belt-driven turbo, right? There is uh, an oil feed line. And it has like a pinhole uh, on a on, on a nozzle, and it kind of mists oil onto the gears. And at the bottom of the supercharger, there's a there's a a hole, there's a drain hole, and that goes back down to the oil pan. So it mists oil onto the gears, and just gravity feeds back down to the oil pan. It doesn't need a lot of oil, but it definitely needs oil. So the original setup had the mister nozzle going in from the bottom of the supercharger and to the left of it was the return line. So what I suspect was two things was happening is one is the mister's not getting enough oil onto the gears. And if the return line, which was slightly higher than the feed line was oil was just pooling up in the bottom of the supercharger and starting to cover the, the mister. So there was just a pool of oil in the bottom of the supercharger, but no way for the mister to hit the gears. So, so it's drowning basically. So it's just drowning itself. So, uh, I have moved the feed line, the oil mister to the top of the supercharger. It'll just mist on top of the gears, drain down the gears and go to the bottom feed line. Basically how every single Vortex supercharger installation should be done, should be done that way. Now there are versions of the supercharger, Vortex and Procharger, where they're self-contained. They have their own oil in them and you just switch it every few thousand miles. Whatever it is, 3000, depends on what you're doing, I guess. But this one has an oil feed line on it. So anyway, that's where we are. New starter runs fine. Uh, I got to put the supercharger back on it and get it going. I've got a new supercharger. We upgraded to. We had a V2. We upgraded to a V2 Ti, which is just a slightly larger uh, induction. You know, where 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 the air comes in, uh, the where the air blows out into the engine. That's the same size, but where the air comes in is a slightly. It's about a quarter inch larger, and uh, and that's pretty much how those work. You if you change. Uh, the inlet or the outlet, thats it changes the efficiency of the blower, how much how much air can actually go through it. So um, we'll see if we can make a little bit more power with roughly the same amount of boost. So the do F3. you have a car
2: that actually works now?
0: Well, I drove it here. I right. drove it here. But I drove it here. By the way, that has a built engine in it. So I drove it here naturally aspirated and kind of babied it. No wide open thro- throttle. It runs a little rich. But because that's a built motor... It has less horsepower now than a regular M three because it has nine and a half to one compression. Right. You know, with forged pistons and rods and stuff. So uh it is I guess the slowest M three, two thousand one M three, the E forty six M three, I guess it's the slowest one out there. So you basically
2: built yourself a three twenty for vast yeah, expense. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
0: spent a lot more money to get to get the stock three twenty, but I could just go to the parking lot and grab like somebody's three twenty that's out there. But uh anyway, that's where we are. Um Let's see what's going on with you guys. You have been uh, hitting the road. You've been traveling. Uh, There's some new car announcements as well. Let's talk a little bit about... So I found a book on Amazon... That apparently you wrote. I did. It's really. Exclusive. Are you aware of this? I did. <laughs> yeah, it was Who a huge a, like, money. Your parents and uh, you gave it out for Christmas. Now tell me about it. You got how this come to be? Uh,
2: so this was back in my twenties, which feels like a, a horrible long time ago. Now, <laughs> so back in my twenties, I basically specialized in doing travel adventure stories for people like Top Gear and like that. So I, so I, I got. I mean, it's hugely fortunate job. I got to basically travel the world, driving cars, and and it was a. It was talking about. The car, but also the car in the context of taking you on a great road trip. So we went to the Faroe Islands, which is these tiny little islands in the, in the, um, north of, uh, north of Scotland and near, near, Greenland. Uh, went across, uh, Laos with a, with a Land Rover, uh, did a Ferrari in China, the first Ferrari into China, Ferrari in, 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 um, in South America. So basically putting together just, just stories of enjoying cars on the road. And in the end, I've got so many of these that we, we turn it in a book, and the New York Times ran it as a as a little serialization. But this was, yeah, this was some some time ago. But it's 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 still But I mean, books are kind of dying out. But it's still nice to to see the images and have the yeah. paper quality, and you know. And you're right, your mum your mum always likes it. Your mom likes it. mom likes it. So, but this it. was
0: this was. This was a collection of articles that you wrote, basically. Like, you sure. were you were a freelance journalist, and you were doing all of these trips, and, and you liked the idea of doing these travel articles, if you will, uh, automotive-based, right? Like like you said, a Ferrari in China, the first Ferrari in China, what's it like to be there? What's people's reaction to it? You know, did, have they seen it in person before? You know, things like that. I mean, uh, can, and then you put this collection together for the book.
2: That's right. And I can remember turning up in, the, in this Lamborghini, and it was actually coincided with him. I Richard Hammond from Top Gear had his big crash in the... Yeah, in which in one? The jet car. He, he, the like, first one.
0: Okay, because I was... Like, once a season, is <laughs> he, it, is, he seems to crash.
2: Know, poor guy. Know, poor guy. <laughs> so I turned up in the Fair Islands, in this Lamborghini, working for Top Gear, and this made front-page news in the Fair Islands, because it's a beautiful, beautiful place Yeah, with the most insanely beautiful people you've ever seen in your life, but... You know, this was from – nothing happens there. So this is front-page news. Not only So Top Gear happens to be there at a time when the TV show is going crazy and is he going to survive? Is he, is he not? And thankfully, he made it through. And, and you realise this This suddenly becomes news. And for three or four days, I, I felt like a movie star. It's the only time in my life where every time we go, we've had this kind of huge horde of people because of yeah. the, the novelty of uh, Top Gear being there, Lamborghini being there. But that was – um, yeah, that, that, that was why I went – just – just great adventure. I always enjoyed that kind of human interest thing. I remember putting a, a Land Rover on a on a raft in in, in Laos, in, um, and then taking it down a, down a river, and then eventually crossing the border and going down to Bangkok. And uh, and just just the, the wide eyed wonder of the people of this kind of you know crazy crazy off road of trying to put it on a raft, and you know will it sink? Will it not? And I loved it. What kind that.
0: of raft? I feel like where that is, it's just like logs taped
2: together. Exactly. Is that really exactly, what it is? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And we were putting this huge off-roader onto it. But I love that kind of adventure. And, and yeah. you know, we, we've, I mean, did, really did you fortunate. rent it?
0: Did you get like the the
2: $20 a day uh,
0: extra insurance?
2: We gave him a few baht. Yeah. It was all good. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, uh, I've had some great adventures and I've been really lucky to, to do that.
0: Are you – you're doing that now occasionally for Edmunds as
2: well? Yeah, we are. We're actually – I mean, one of the things – we're all about car car shopping advice, but we also recognize people enjoy cars. And one of the features we're putting to get, together at the moment is all this idea of getaways. So, you know, which car would you take? It's, it's a bit of fun for us. It's a bit of a departure. But what, what car would you take if you were, you know, heading up Highway 1 and one of the guys in, in the office – uh, John Elphel one of our road test guys was saying, you know, take a Porsche Panamera Sport Turismo because he's a big surfer dude and wanted to, you know, yeah. get up to get up to Big Sur and we we're just starting to play play with different ideas. Where would you go? And I just took it. We just got our long term um, Jaguar F-type SVR, so I've just been out to yeah. Pioneer Time over the weekend. Which, if you don't know, it is was a Western movie set built in the 1950s. But as now, after the movie's left, has been turned into this kind of hipster hangout. And Paul McCartney played a secret gig there and all sorts of things. And it's just about enjoying your cars. You know, we we, we spend so much time sitting in traffic in L.A. And, you know, everybody's coming back. But it's, just, it's about kind of putting that kind of love of the car back into it. Yeah. Where is Pioneertown? Town? Pioneer Town is up near uh, Palm Springs. It's about half an hour north of Palm Springs.
0: Yeah.
2: So out in the desert. I mean, it was crazy hot. but
0: And you took the, the SVR. We took the SVR. I love
2: yeah. that car it's just arrived we got it for a year yeah um i mean it's the blue what, what's the blue called do you know it's that bright no, it, blue it's it's bl- like a cyan isn't it it's a it's yeah. a really it's a really in your face blue. i just love it i mean the svr is is kind of uh, over the top 575 horsepower yeah sounds ridiculous and I, they, have a, I have a bit of a problem with my neighbor with it though oh do you because it's loud. Because it's loud. Like um, he hasn't said anything yet, but I'm, I'm kind of biding my time. But the way my apartment works is I have my garage, then uh-huh. there's my neighbor's apartment, and then mine. So the back wall of my garage basically backs onto what I, I think is possibly his bedroom. And every <laughs> time you start – you know he does that kind of little – You might bedroom. want
0: to switch apartments for like a year. Uh, Just like for like one year because he's going to be mad because he's like, it's okay. I know this guy. He tests cars all the time. Give it three or four more days. This car is going to go back. He doesn't know this is a
2: long term loaner. I mean, if anybody's heard of an SVR, I mean, these things are crazy yeah. loud to start with. Because when they when they start up, they do that big engine blip to yeah. To warn I talked to them about that. Else. I yeah. talked to
0: Ian Callen about that. The 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 chief designer, and he said that's specifically programmed in there to make the jaguar growl when you fire it up and it like it doesn't give like a lot of rpms but just enough and to me i was always like don't we want to build a little oil pressure first before we start revving it like that but i guess they got it figured out
2: i think it heats up the cat so it's about i think it's going to fire my neighbor up there rather than firing (laughs) the car up better uh it's it's a badass car so
0: uh on the svr um Fixed wing or
2: no fixed wing? What's your what's your style choice? Well, this is the big debate, and if you look at the the way you order these, because you can actually specify it's a no cost option if you want to lose the fixed rear wing. But I was actually chatting. This is a bit look at me, so forgive me. I was actually chatting on Instagram with a guy called Wayne Burgess, who is so in Jaguar's design b- department. You have Ian Callum that we both know, who's like yeah. the big boss guy, um, and then Wayne Burgess, who is the SVR guy in the design team. And I was having a little chat on Instagram about it because I posted a picture, the picture of the car. And he was telling me that that if you lose the rear wing, it arguably looks pure and you keep that beautiful, beautiful line. But without the rear wing, just the pop-up one, it's good for 186 miles an hour and they have to limit it for rear end stability. Yeah, But if you have the fixed rear wing, it's a 200 mile an hour car. So you gotta have the fixed wing. Right? You gotta have the fixed wing, and also the whole car is so over the top that actually yeah. a big carbon fiber w- rear wing kind of makes sense. So okay, but I ask that
0: because we've got guys now starting to take delivery that are running around town with their Porsche GT3 Touring package, yeah. right? And then you're like, okay, I get it. It's got maybe more of the comf- more comfortable seats, leather interior, not the big races seats, whatever, and the big wing. It doesn't have all that, but. Do you do you buy a GT3 and make it look like every other 911 or you buy a GT3 that has all the you know the wings and the kit on it to make it look like a GT3? Oh, Same a, idea with the SVR, right? I love the Jaguar F-Type, but you see them all over the place. They're doing very well with that car.
2: Yeah, and I, I do love the fact. I mean, the, the SVR, with the way that it sounds, the way it looks, especially in the bracket, it's, yeah. it's completely over the top as a car, right? 575 horsepower, the whole thing. So if you're going to go big, go big, right? Go big or go home. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Go figure. But on. I do like the GT three touring. I think that's just such it's a nice, cool concept. It's nice, it's sexy, and I get the idea.
0: Yeah. But if you buy it and l- let's say you're a Porsche guy, maybe you have a couple, you know, Porsches and you got the, you know, the the trucks and the cars and the wagons and whatever. I I mean, do you why not get the one that's all big chested and hairy chested and puffed out, right? Like
2: why not get the one that's I'm going to contradict myself here because of the silly SVR, but actually, but actually, I kind of like the super. I think it's a statement of confidence, isn't it? I don't yeah. need to tell the world I've got a GD3. I'm just going to enjoy it for me. Yeah, and get You it. do need to tell everybody though. I kind of think like you do. All right, here's a question. You mentioned
0: that uh, your 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 colleague over at Edmunds um, did like an up the coast run in the Panamera uh,
2: Sport Turismo. Sport yeah. Turismo. That's the one with the that's the like the wagon can we, version.
0: Can we talk about the love affair of? The wagon, and when I say the love of fear, I mean the media only. Yeah, <laughs> the automotive media loves the wagon, nobody else does. You we know can't you, give these things away. you know. You right? get that expression. And I know people are going to bust my balls about this, right? Like, by the way, everybody's screaming on the end of the other end of the podcast, going, What are you talking about? They're so cool. The wagons are cool, it's so cool. How many of you guys own a wagon, right? How many of you own a wagon versus see it in a photo and go, That thing's cool? Like, how many guys said, You know what? Instead of an S3 Audi, I'm going to get the A3 Wagon or whatever the hell it is, right? Or, or you know, J- Jaguar XF. Yeah. How many are you getting the sedan? How many are you getting the wagon? You know? Uh,
2: or some of the Volvos, are great. Pay. Yeah, some but of the Volvos. Do you know what I, I think it is? And we're, we're playing with this a lot at the moment because we, we we have 20 million visitors a month. So we have a huge amount of data who are actually people who shop for cars. And one of the things we're really working on at the moment is that you come to me and say, well, you did the other week. What What would I – if I had – Thirty thousand dollars. What would I? What would I spend? Forty thousand dollars. What would I what, yeah. would I? what would I buy? Sorry. And the way sites and everything is traditionally worked, saying, "Oh, you would buy." You know, you, we would channel you to look at SUVs. So a lot of the time, things like wagons just don't enter the consciousness. Manufacturers don't spend enough, so they don't. So they don't um, feature in adverts and things like that. So how do we talk to you? Because you could say, "I want something that's fun to drive and has room for my dog." So that could be an SUV, yeah. but actually, more likely would be a wagon. But so we in, have to, in this
0: country, I think most people are going to say SUv that's what they, yeah. that's going to be at the top of their head because we the car manufacturers out here market those so much and they 're probably more profitable than the wagon version of yeah. a car
2: right so we we have to do a better job of actually telling people that you know you might you know an SUV might be the obvious choice, but what about this wagon because it might suit your lifestyle better or be a little bit different and yeah it's kind of a vicious circle if nobody's searching for them, nobody's buying them, nobody's advertising them and you know but we we want to do some more work looking at you know rather than just trying to say oh which suv you buy actually what car works for you yeah okay
0: uh it's interesting um i uh want to tell you guys uh, before we move on i'm going to tell you guys a little bit about uh about continental you you heard us talking about this before if you think about all the weird things you find in cars this is probably going to come up with you when you're taking road trips out into the to the to some ghost town or whatever you're doing. Uh, The weird things like not your garden variety, like French fries or melted crayons. I'm talking about things like live snakes or just bizarre trinkets, just the kind of stuff that makes you wonder about folks. Another thing that'll make you wonder, but in a good way are continental belts. Bet you didn't know they're OE on tens of millions of Chrysler, Dodge, Ford, and GM vehicles that roll off the assembly line. They're also OE on a majority of BMWs and VWs. So now Continental is launching the aftermarket Multi-V Belt with the OE Pedigree. This is your serpentine belt. This Multi-V deal is the serpentine belt that you guys got on pretty much every car. It's their OE Technology Series, belts that are fanatically engineered for perfect fit, form, and function. And Continental has the OE Technology Series Multi-V Belt for 98% of the vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. So listen... Uh, you got enough surprises working on your cars and trucks already. A belt shouldn't be one of them. Go with the Continental OE Technology Series Multi-V Belt, the belt with the OE pedigree. To get the full story, visit OETechnologySeries.com. That's OETechnologySeries.com. com. All right. What have you guys seen happen in the in the new car world? I see some new announcements. Uh, the one that's been getting all the press the past few days has been uh, uh, the Chevy Blazer. I know. Return of a famous nameplate, hey? A famous nameplate, but what do we got here? We got front-wheel drive?
2: 14 years on. No, we got all-wheel drive, but <laughs> okay. actually the way the, the systems work is that to save fuel, it will actually revert to to, to front-wheel drive when you don't need all-wheel drive, but... It's an interesting, it's an interesting view of this because it, it look. I think it looks great. What do you, what do you like it?
0: I, I, you know, I didn't spend too much time on it, but I looked at it and I was like, oh yeah, it's cool. It's got like a little bit of Camaro on the interior, right? It's got. It's, it's going that direction.
2: Well, I think if you go for the RS, which got, gets rid of the chrome and gives you a kind of blacked out look, I think that he's basically going for the guy that wants a Camaro but has now got kids and needs space. A bit like Porsche did with the, uh, the Macan or the Panamera – with the Macan or the yeah, Panamera as well or, yeah. or the Cayenne. Uh, so they're actually saying, you know, we're going to take a little bit of Camaro, but but try and dress it up in something a bit more practical and sensible. And and it's, uh, I I think it's a good looking vehicle. The guys, one of my, it's quite a strange event actually. One of the one of the team, Mark went out to. Um, Went out to Atlanta, Georgia, and and all Chevy said was, "We've got this announcement." And and sometimes you you know you head all that way out there, and it, you know it's a it, yeah. It, it's and they're like, "We've hired handle. a new vice president," yeah,
0: and like nobody cares. <laughs>
2: yeah, we, yeah, yeah, exactly. We've promoted
0: from within, from uh, you know Sally's. Uh, she went from general manager to whatever. We've launched a new EVP. advert. Here's the yeah. advert. Yeah. Oh, good. Um,
2: <laughs> so so yeah, we had it, we had it out there, and and suddenly they took the wraps, and here's it's a new blazer, and suddenly you've got a great story. So um, yeah, I mean. It, 193 horsepower, uh, two and a half liter four cylinder, or you can have a, a V6, 3.6 V6 with over 300 horsepower. Um, I think it's going to be a winner for them. I really do.
0: Yeah, I we're down with this bringing back the nameplates, right? We're like Taurus brought back, whatever, and you know, you know, Ford Taurus and Explorer yeah. and, and and whatnot. Like and Bronco's
2: coming back. That's going to be the big one. Which one? Bronco is coming. Oh, back. Oh yeah, the
0: Bronco. Yeah, yeah. That should be fantastic. It depends on what it is. But if it's, you know, if it's a hybrid front-wheel drive, something or other, people are going to be like, eh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, maybe there's a, a version of that at some point down the line. Um, uh, in addition to the Blazer, what else is going on out there? There's some things that are they're starting to come out. Maybe you guys have heard about or haven't seen in person yet. But uh, the Blazer is the one that I saw in the news. That's why I kind of brought it up. So.
2: Uh, BMW 8 Series. I think you and I were having oh, a, yeah, a yeah. bit of banter about this.
0: I like that car. That's a good-looking car.
2: I don't. You don't? Do you it's a BMW design at the moment. I think we're going to see this with the next generation uh, Z4 as well. Yeah. It's, it's like they design the car, and then, they, and, and then they get all excited and feel like they need to redesign it three different three more times, and you just keep adding detail after detail. If you <laughs> look at some of the best designs, I know you guys were out in the mirror a couple of weeks ago. They're yeah. beautifully elegant and simple and the 850 just has stuff going on all over the place. I mean, it'll drive well and it's got uh over 500 horsepower in in the in the version they're going to launch it in and everything else, but I I know you love it. I just I just think it's completely over the top.
0: I got you know, so I saw this car or whatever, the version of this car, uh, I think it was in Monterey last year at the Quail yeah, event. And uh, you know, you kind of get up in it, and maybe it didn't have all the details and like, I, I don't know. I think I just liked the eight series from before. So I like what this represents more than anything else. We had this discussion before as well when I said, okay, I just drove the Ford GT and I drove the McLaren 720S. Is the 720S better or worse than the, than the GT? It probably by all accounts, it's a better car, right? Yeah. It's just a better car, but I like the GT better because I just like what it represents, right? I just yeah. like that you can get a Ford GT and have Ford build you this incredible supercar with McLaren. They built exactly what I expect them to, to build. You know, they are a supercar company. They should deliver the best supercar. Yeah. You know, uh but with with uh we were at the McLaren event, right? So we saw them all there. Um but with the Ford, I was like, you know, if it if it bumps or rattles or doors, whatever, you're like, yeah, that's okay though, because every one of my other Fords do that as well. And that's that's what I that's what I expect from it. So I guess I think that the eight fifty I want it to represent something more. Now the numbers are gonna be fantastic. It's five hundred and something horsepower, yeah. uh, maybe maybe close to six hundred.
2: Uh, five twenty-three, five fifty-five pounds feet of torque. So it's going to be really talky.
0: But the zero to sixty is sub four seconds.
2: Yeah, three. Well, BMW is claiming three point six, and we can generally match their figures at our test track. Yeah, that's fast for a non M car. If this was an M eight. Well, interesting. they're launching it as the M850i X-Drive. You know, BMW uses M cars they are not quite M cars. Yeah, kinda of do like it that. in that.
0: Give me an 850 or give me an M8. Yeah. Don't give me an, an 850 with like an M performance package because I feel like that's just, I don't know, different wheels and like a stripe on it. Yeah,
2: <laughs> we have a 540 on our long-term test fleet and it looks like an M5 because yeah. it's got the M Sport kit on it. It's got the it. M Sport yeah. kit
0: on it, yeah, so… It's pretty much like me buying an M three, but reducing the power to three twenty levels. Yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) I got the opposite direction: is you are buying the regular one and just making it look like the fast one. All right, so uh, uh, eight series, you are out. I am in. The only thing that bugs me: it weighs like forty three hundred pounds. Yeah, it's actually heavier than an M five. Yeah, forty four hundred pounds or whatever. Because you know why? Because so. Correct me if I am wrong, but the six series is going to just stay. The four-door, I hate that it's a four-door coupe. This bugs me so much. Grand Coupe. Right. I hate that there's a coupe and a four-door, right, that that we're doing this. The 6 Series is just going to be the four-door, no longer a two-door, but we're going to have an 8 Series as a two-door.
2: Correct. But coming up, and this car was shown at uh, Geneva, I think, there's going to be an 8 Series... Grand Coupe. No, we don't need that.
0: Make it a nine. <laughs> I actually think it looks better. I've seen the I'm sure it does, it but better. make
2: it a nine or something.
0: Because well, I thought we did this. I thought we did three series, four-door, four series, two-door, yeah. five series, four-door, six series, two-door. Ah, man, it bugs me so much um, that, uh, that 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 <laughs> they do this. All right. So now we're going to get an eight series and we're going to get an eight series. Uh, a four door, I guess. Okay, so what I'm saying is, is the reason why the eight series weighs so much is it needs to compete on a luxury level, up there with like an S class coupe, right? Yeah, Bentley, <laughs>
2: Bentley Continentals as well, things like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: and and you you kind of want to take a, a term from Rolls Royce, you want that magic carpet ride, but with BMW, some level of performance as well and it needs to feel solid and expensive almost to achieve those goals like if yeah. you made it really light and somebody closed a door that was you know just an aluminum or very lightweight no sound deadener the lack of thump feels like you should have just paid 40 grand not 140 grand or wherever these things are going to end up
2: being, right? And manufacturers have teams of people literally who tune what the door sounds. They can tune the clothes. If you if you open the, the door and actually look at where it meets the body, they yeah. have teams of people tuning what that sounds like. Imagine like
0: going to the art center for like four years and interning and working for guys for chump change and finally working your way up to a manufacturer and then you're in charge of door thump.
2: <laughs> I once went to uh, to Audi in Audi in Ingolstadt in, in, in Germany. Yeah. And I met the guy there who engineers the feel of that, the haptic response, the feel of their switches. And this guy had pulled apart all sorts of, uh, you know, like Bang & us and telephone, all sorts of things. Oh, yeah. And he could graph how a switch feels. This is his job. So as you push it, it has a little resistance. Then it gives. Then it has like a little damp sensation. Next time you're in an Audi, yeah. play with the switches. And wow. he could—he could, he was mapping. And this was his job, was to basically define how an Audi switch feels. Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> um all right i'm
0: gonna I'm gonna tell you guys about quip and uh, Calen's gonna go get uh, go get Goldberg on the phone we're gonna check in with with him as well Quip so most of us are brushing our teeth wrong and forget to change our brush on time Quip is a new brush heads delivered on dentist recommended schedule every three months for just five bucks including free shipping worldwide. A fraction of the cost for bulkier – it's a fraction of the cost for bulkier brushes. There's a built-in timer that helps you clean for the dentist-recommended two minutes. You guys have no idea how happy I am to have Quip on because I'm a teeth super freak. (laughs) I'm a teeth super freak. Brushing, flossing all the time. You have no idea. Uh, Quip was named one of Time's Best Innovations, the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. Check this out. It starts at just $25. Go to Quip.com slash CarCast right now and get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's GetQuip, dot com slash CarCast for the first refill free. Uh, this is this is kind of a, a an odd story because we're going to talk about Goodwood soon. You're going, I'm going. Adam's going. Goldberg's going. Um, uh, is Goldberg on the phone? Do I- just hit that top two. Hello. Hello. Hey, Bill. We're in the studio. We got Alistair Weaver. We're just giving a a little uh, talk about. Um, uh, uh, About Goodwood, that's going to be coming up. Uh, We were just saying. So here's here's the funny thing. Here's the reality: we just read an ad for a new company called Quip. It's a subscription-based toothbrush service, and I love this so much because I'm a teeth super freak. When Adam and I were at Goodwood a couple of years ago, we sat and had lunch in the Lamborghini suite, and this nice uh, young woman comes over. Would you guys like a drink? Can I get you some champagne? Can I get you some food? Yeah. She's come over. So what do you guys do? How, what, you know, and Adam's like, oh, we're here racing. It's like, I'm here. I'm doing a comedy show. And she's like, really? Are uh, you sure about that? And we're like, yeah. And, and uh, she goes, well, she goes, I kind of feel like he's the famous one pointing to me and you're not. And he goes, why is it so hard to believe that I'm not a rich millionaire comedian? And she's like, I think it's because his teeth are better. <laughs> she said that to me, <laughs> and then she walked away. And I was like, "Adam, does that?" I was like, "Does that sting a little?" He's like, "Yeah, that stings yeah. a little."
2: <laughs> um, anyway, so I love that. So that's very British.
0: Oh yeah, it totally, totally is right. Uh, Bill, man, you've been on the road, looking forward to this Gold Rush Rally, right? In the Ford GT. Oh.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. there were aspects that I was looking forward to. There were aspects that I was not. But uh, ultimately, I had a great time, man. Uh, um, you know, uh, I have a little bit of experience with those rallies. And sometimes, uh, to put it lightly, they are not the people that I would normally be cruising around in my car with. Um, but at the end of the day, they're car guys, they're car girls. And I can appreciate their... Passion for the automobile, but their taste is a little bit different. So, uh, as that's as politically correct as you're ever going to get from me. So, uh, <laughs> uh, the car was awesome. The experience was awesome to be able to to go and, uh, um, you know, kind of uh, get Kurt off the hook. You know, uh, was a was an honor for me, man. Uh, the car wasn't nearly as small as I thought it was going to be um, because I have lost. I think it was 17 pounds in that three weeks that I went on a diet for it. And uh, uh, you know what? It, at the end of the day, the the I'm claustrophobic as hell. I've told everybody. You know that. Yeah. Well, when you're in a race car, um, my claustrophobia equals safety. Um, you know, if you can't move around and you're tight and you're and you're batting down like a hatch, um, it, it's safe. So. I, I, I was I was cool with it. Even for the duration of, of the drive. Um when you're pushing a vehicle like that to the limit, it's uh it's nice to feel comfortable and to feel safe at the same time.
0: So but overall
1: so oh. wet my comfort for the same.
0: Okay, so you fit in the car because you lost seventeen pounds before you went into the gold rush rally. <laughs> well
1: that's that's one reason, yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> first of all, I love that. How far was the drive?
1: Uh, the first drive, oh God, we were in the car for two and a half hours before we, w- we got the Mohican sun. And then, uh, the second drive, which was my portion, I think was another two, two and a half, three hour drive.
0: And h- how was it? How, I mean, do you get, uh, cause uh, we're so interested in the four GT. We all love this car. We certainly love what it represents so much. Uh, uh, what happens two and a half hours you feel good or are you, are you an hour and a half into it saying, yeah, you know, I love the car, but you know, a a Ford, Ford Explorer wouldn't be so bad.
1: Don't pass judgment on me for what I'm about to say, but, and Kurt, I was completely safe the entire time, but you know, I've driven a lot of cars and, and I'm not going to take anything away from any car that I've ever driven, but There was a time when I I almost kind of I was really comfortable and I kind of you know closed my eyes a little bit, (laughs) Uh, which which really surprised me because the visceral feeling you get from that car you know you're never let down for a second whether you're pushing on the brakes or you're or you're uh, uh, turning or you're pushing on the throttle I mean you're it's it's a visceral experience and it's a killer one especially for guys who, who lust over these things like we do. And uh, it was a wonderful experience. The car—you felt every rock that hit it. Uh, you felt every every uh, shift in in wind that went over the arrow. But sitting next to uh, I, I CLK, I, I don't know the, the the badge on the Mercedes that we were next to, but it's a it's a really rare. I think it's a one of two car um, into the millions. Um, other than that car, I, I you know the the McLarens and the. The uh, uh, Lambos that were there, the Ferraris—I'm not going to say they're run-of-the-mill cars, but they're cars you 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 see, you know, frequently. And um, I just think the GT and and the the Mercedes stood on their own in the rally. Um, I looked at it, you know, a different way than most of the people that went to this rally looked at it. But um, every second that I'm in a car like that, I kind of treat it as. It's seat time. I mean, I'm, I'm, I want to learn as much about the feeling and get as much from that car in the short period of time as I can. And um, it's everything that I thought it was and more. And if Cena, you know, the biggest thing about that car that I can tell you is that if you're, a, you know, like Leno said, if you're a a decent driver, it makes you a good driver. If you're a good driver, it makes you a great driver. Yeah. And if you're great, you know, it makes you a pro. It's an easy you can you can drive the car quite easily. Um, I'm not going to say it drives itself, but you know it, it reminded me of a couple different cars in a couple different ways. It reminded me of the of the F1, um, and it reminded me of my brother's F40. Um, just in you know the F40 because of the, the sparse cockpit, it's most definitely updated. It's even much more comfortable than the F40 is, but um, you know the a little bit of the sound. Not the tone, but just the rawness of the car. Um, I'd love to have one of those. They're killer. You're surely not going to get in it and normally drive two and a half hours, you know, uh, every time you get in it. But uh, the thing is a marvel. It was uh, everything that I thought it was going to be. Yeah,
0: you know, you mentioned the sound. And one of the things that I was impressed with was, uh, it's funny, we were just talking about, Tactic feel and sound and the door thump guy over at uh, at, at every car manufacturer is uh, the GT being it's a V six and it's got turbos which always make things quieter and it has a good sound to it like yeah. I think it sounds it sounds pretty good to tell you the truth uh, I think I I drove like one of the first McLarens the M- mp uh, P four twelve yeah. C
2: the one with the crazy name that yeah
0: yeah the, that that they had to get rid of that name immediately um not not. Not great sounding. No, no, I, kind of quiet. Like I wanted something more from a supercar, and there was no, there's no like valve to turn it on or off or anything. That car just basically has like catalytic converters uh, jammed on, or the turbos jammed onto the sides of the heads, and then some catalytic converters, and that's really about it.
2: Well, interesting, Matt. The reason I'm getting good with is to drive a new McLaren, the uh, the stripped out version of the 570s. Um, but so it's like a kind of junior version of the 675LT. Um, and when we're talking, that car is all about that kind of visceral feel, a bit like, bit like the GT. And McLaren admitted to me when they brought out the mp 412 c not only to give it a silly name, but they also massively underestimated how much this stuff matters, because they said if we just build the most efficient, best supercar in the world, people will buy it and say it's great. But actually, people want to feel good at 20 miles an hour. And like Bill was saying, in a Ford GT, you know, a, a 20 mile an hour journey is like a is like Le Mans. And and I think McLaren's finally dawned on them that they need to put this kind of guttural sensation back into it.
0: When, when we went to um, uh, Goodwood a couple of years ago, uh, the fastest car up the hill climb was, I think, a McLaren P1 GTR.
2: Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. of everything, every race car, no, every Formula.
0: Yeah. Like, it was the craziest thing going up the hill. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're all going to Goodwood now. So we all just uh Bill we just found out that Alistair's going to Goodwood. He's driving a McLaren 570S, right? Are you
2: doing the uh, hill? Climb? No, I'm driving a new McLaren. A new McLaren. A, a lightweight a new... version thereof. yeah. Ah,
1: oh, so, so, oh, so, so. Alistair again, you're up on that pedestal, man.
0: <laughs> you're doing the hill climb or You're just driving it around town cuz you never know it's uh, I'm going to have a
2: look at it and uh, they promised me probably a little a little going out. We can talk about it next time. It's a bit it's a bit touch and go whether we get to drive it yet, but we're going to have a look yeah. at it. They're announcing the car. There's 6 LT's what it's going to be called. Well,
0: I'll tell you what, I have I have uh, uh, Steve Harvey, which I think is hilarious. Steve Harvey, not the mustache guy, but Steve Harvey, the McLaren guy, coming in for a car cast uh, uh, or the show that I do with Adam in, in like a week or so. Right. Right before we go to Goodwood. So we're, we'll, we'll get to the bottom of this. It's we'll find a- out what, what you're really going to drive. Uh, uh, Goldberg's driving Mike Skinner's NASCAR truck up there. Um, and I guess I guess we can kind of throw this out there or tease this, but we're going to be doing some videos and stuff as well well and and uh, i'll find out where those are going to get posted and we'll tell you guys
2: but and if you need me to translate for either of you guys then i'm happy to
0: yeah because uh it's so funny because <laughs> <laughs> we w- we went there with the crew we were filming um some stuff for the newman film back in the day and uh uh and i went kind of like to the main entrance area And I'm looking around like I'm lost and a nice British gentleman comes up and he goes, excuse me, are you looking for the Americans? I was like, yeah. He's like, they're all in there eating lunch. I was like, thank you. What is, what is, I didn't even say anything. Like what makes me look so American? Just the lost puzzled face I have or what? Like I didn't, I don't know what it was,
2: but. um, It was
1: your Daisy, it was your Daisy Duke you were wearing. That was (laughs) my my Uh, Daisy Duke. I
2: also love the fact that they automatically assumed you wanted to eat. (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, he's American, and he wants to eat, and uh, you probably saw us roll up in a seven-passenger SUV. Oh, by the way, side note, seven-passenger SUV. We're going to Monterey this year, and I just locked in my Lincoln Navigator black label.
2: Oh, that's a nice, that's a great choice. That's a good road trip car, that's right? That's a really, like, really good choice. We're going to Monterey in car.
0: that thing with 30-way power-adjustable seats and yeah. and ass massagers, and uh, and we're going go to go to Monterey in that thing that's um, a great
2: choice.
1: Bill. that was such a beautiful picture until you said. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Bill and I are gonna go to um we're going to Detroit for Roadkill nights, I believe August eleventh. um but after that, I don't are you going to Monterey or Are you still gonna be filming your show?
1: like no I'm leaving uh, uh, thank you very much. My two days off in the production of the second season of Knife or Death will be. To go to Detroit, and then I will be coming straight back to continue the production until the twenty, the, no, the twenty fourth, which is the end of the production. And then I'm supposed to be in New Jersey on the twenty fifth. So the answer is unfortunately no.
0: I think you're just missing it too, because is it the weekend after? or Is it the twenty second or something? Twenty something? Goodwood? Oh, I'm sorry, it? Was not
2: the, a Goodwood is uh, on the 14th, 15th, isn't yeah. it, and then weekend. Monterey
0: in August is is when? I don't remember. That
2: is uh, uh,
0: help. K- um, Kalen's going to find it on uh, on a calendar because we always block it off on Adam Krola's calendar. So find out when uh, Monterey is for me, uh, uh, Kalen. I- I'm super
2: excited. I've only ever been once before. So really? Now I'm kind of stateside. Going. Now I'm stateside, yeah, I'm yeah. getting quite excited about it.
0: Um, are you going up for Edmonds? Are you going on your own? Are you gonna drive a McLaren? What no, else? You got? I'm going up for
2: Edmonds. I mean, <laughs> you gonna go uh, up for Edmonds? Yeah, well, yeah. there's a, quite a few things going down there, so uh, it's just good to go to these events. You get to meet people. Um, you know, it's it's a great networking occasion, but also just yeah. at the heart of it, you know, this is my job. Uh, I'm just a car guy. You know, this is why I do the job that I do. Right? <laughs> yeah. At the age of ten, I could tell you the zero to sixty of every car on sale. So. Um, yeah, I'm a Um
0: It's, it's going to be – August is going to be a great month because, like I said, when Goldberg and I go to go to Detroit, um, uh, from what I understand, uh, I've never done the Woodward Dream Cruise. And the weekend before, I guess, is roadkill nights, and I do a lot of racing and drag racing and stuff. And um, uh, I understand that uh, Dodge is going to have a couple of Hellcats, and, and Bill and I are going to drag race each other. Uh. And I don't know what it is, Dodge or Challenger, or what's going on. Um, but speaking of that um, –
1: Bill, you can I can I interject an extremely emasculating story real quick? <laughs> yes, this, uh, the viewers are, or the, the listeners are going to love this. It's again going to emasculate me, but you know since it's at the hands of my wife, I really don't care. <laughs> um, and I'm admitting it on a car on a car cast. Um, so I'm not going to say that uh, it's a bad thing, but you know if you have a number of cars, sometimes you forget which car you're in. Um, so with these Dodges. One day I'm leaving. Well, uh, let's just say this was a private. This was a private road. But I'm leaving um, an event, and I find myself at a stoplight on a private road uh, next to my wife and her Escalade, and I'm driving my Hellcat Challenger, which is a six-speed. Yeah. And I don't. I don't think about it, right? And so I look over to her, and you know my wife. Yeah. And you know her right foot. Yes, I do. It's a new, it's a new Escalade. <laughs> so the light changes, and she lights them up, and so do, and so do I. And I. And I bump the, you know, I don't bump the limiter. I, I, <coughs> they, I start changing gears. I'm, I'm, I'm smoking in every gear. And then I realize that I'm standing still. <laughs> and then i realized that i'm not changing gears i'm hitting off the rev limiter and i'm still in first gear because i'm in my six speed and i thought i was in my charger on my automatic
0: <laughs> oh i got you you got is smoked
1: that the, is that the stupidest most emasculating story a car guy is ever going to say on his own on his own podcast but you know what <laughs> my wife and i mean i thought no, it. Was you, forgot so. you, a you forgot
0: you were in a six-speed manual you forgot you're in the six-speed manual what do you think that other pedal was for?
1: <laughs> I wasn't worrying about my foot in the pedal. I just kept, it was ridiculous. And I, it's happened to me many times before when I've been in a light, and, and then I forget I'm in the Challenger, and then it stalls out because I don't drop the clutch because I think I'm in my automatic. It's just a really ridiculous deal, but, hey, it just happens. I thought you guys would appreciate that.
0: I'm kind of thinking maybe we get you the six-speed when you and I race each other. I feel like that gives me a competitive advantage. Possibly. Absolutely. Possibly. You, you,
1: do whatever, you do whatever you want. <laughs> and you know what? Let's, can, we, can we please rehash just a little bit about the first stop at the Gold Rush Rally and the auctioning off of the Black Demon that went for 180 grand, and then the, the pair of the last Demon and the last Viper that went for $1 million. $1 million. So
0: Dodge Whoa. took the last production demon and the last production viper they auction them off as a pair the money going to charity and those always do a little bit better of course one million dollars for the pair no way yeah who bought it do you know i i don't know do you know who bought it
1: uh, a guy named schneider i don't know um him. the the uh the the dodge guys knew who he was i i think he's in the family quote unquote maybe has a number of their previous cars
0: yeah but, but you're, Dodge you guy. you're right. The one that blew me away though was just before that, a Dodge Demon, not for charity, sells for $180,000. I thought you could still get a couple of these like
2: on a lot somewhere. It's crazy, isn't it?
1: Well, well, you yes and no. I mean, they're going to advertise a certain price, but when they get you on the lot, they're going to go you're yeah. going to go through the roof. And um, you know, don't think for 2 seconds that I wasn't up there trying to Trying to help the price of that car. Oh hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. All that demon guys. So uh, and I have a potential uh, buyer for the black one. You know, I, I I really don't want to get rid of it this early, but uh, with that one going for one eighty and it not being Goldberg's demon, you never know.
2: Yeah. Do you know you can't do there that are, in
1: Europe? I hope to find out some great information about something coming up the pipeline uh, for Dodge when when uh, you and I do our face off in the Hellcat.
0: Yeah. That's gonna be great. We're gonna do a live show while we're up there. And Monterey, by the way, is uh twenty third through twenty second, so uh or twenty-sixth, twenty-third through twenty sixth. So um, you know, if you if you cancel your where are you going, New York,
1: Jersey, someplace? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a big, big signing up in Jersey. Ah, all right. A bunch of wrestlers and yeah, sure. Um, I'll have to hit it next year.
0: All right, so next year we'll do it. Um while we're while we're there, if you guys are going to Monterey I'll tell you what, uh, Alistair's going for the first time and second time in forever. Um, We are going, you've heard us say this before, but maybe not here. Uh, Nissan is the featured mark at the track. And because of that, we're going to be their featured entertainment. Adam and I are going to be doing CarCast Live. From the track on Saturday, sometime midday, uh, we're going to have four cars there. A huge display. Nissan's bringing out cars from the museum that people haven't seen in forever. Just the insurance policy alone on what they're trying to do is, is amazing. Uh, they're going to have a huge tent. Steve Millen... Uh, BRE cars. Uh, John Morton's going to be there. Peter Brock's going to be there. We're going to be there. Um, so come out and see that. It's going to be a, a big deal for us. Actually, we don't really yeah. like to work much when we go to Monterey, but this one we called Nissan. We said, you cannot do this without us. You've, we've got it. We've got to be a part of this. And they said, we're happy to have you. And we put together a nice little deal with them. And uh, it's going to be fantastic. And Paul Newman's 1985 GT1 championship car. I say 85. It's a, the car's in 84. He won in 85. He won a national championship. We've been working on this car for years. So it's now fully restored. We haven't even tested it yet. We're going to try to hit up Willow Springs or something, test it. Adam's going to go up there and race it for the first time in forever. So it's going to be fantastic. Um. Uh. Anyway, you were saying. Oh, no, I was just going.
2: saying the whole thing about dealers. Interestingly, something I've le- learned coming over here, in Europe, dealers have to sell it at the price. So even if they get a McLaren Senna, they can't, They have to sell it at the yeah. lowest price. So even if the dealer is sitting on a vehicle that he knows is worth yeah. three times what he's selling it for, he's legally bound. He has to sell it at the um, – Well, that's why every
0: McLaren Senna is going to be sold through Beverly Hills <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> McLaren exactly. because
0: those dealers want their money. All right. We're running out of time. We're, guys, we're going to wrap up. But before we do, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Dodge. Dodge engines are revving, tires are squealing, and rubber is burning, which means summer is here. The brotherhood of muscle waits for no one, and there's no time like the present to flex your muscle on the on the open road. Hurry into your local Dodge dealership today. We've got a great lineup of cars. The Dodge Charger, which is up to 300 horsepower and 30 miles per gallon. we got the Dodge Challenger, the most affordable V8 in its class. The Dodge Journey, you can maximize your adventures with the most powerful three-row all-wheel drive vehicle in its class. And of course, our Dodge Durango with all-wheel drive availability. Spring showers won't have your tires spinning unless you want them to. The domestic, not domesticated, brotherhood of muscle waits for no one. So hurry into your local Dodge dealership today! All right, guys, uh, thank you so much, Bill. Thank you for calling. We're going to have to catch up again and figure out a way. This is what's going to happen: is we've got a very busy summer. Bill's doing TV shows. We got travel. We got Goodwood. We're going to do our best to get everybody on the show when we can. Um, but uh, it might be, you know, somebody calls in or pre-records a bit or something like that. We want to get continue to get you guys shows. Maybe we bring in a guest host if if uh, Bill's doing a TV show. We'll do our best to, to check in with him. But. Um, there 's a lot of things going on, buddy. I know everybody 's busy, and I appreciate everybody both of you guys and our producers here for for going out of your way to try to make this show possible. This is not an easy show to produce because everybody 's kind of all over the place this isn 't the normal gig where people can come into the studio so um, thank you guys both. I appreciate that thank you um, we'll get to quick- at, the,
1: at the end of the day that 's what also makes it as cool a podcast as it is because we can call in from on site at these cool. Um, happenings and uh, give a little bit of flavor to it. So you know, the good, sometimes the bad, sometimes turns into the good.
0: Yeah, it's it gives us uh, some great stories. Hopefully, now hopefully you guys uh, enjoy it. So, um, and and know if you do enjoy it, give us a nice little rating and a, and a comment on iTunes. So before we wrap up, um, uh, as always, you guys can check out our our website at carcastshow.com. dot com. You can follow me at Moderator. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, Goldberg, if you don't mind, I'm going to do this for you. You're at Goldberg and Goldberg Garage on Twitter, and he's Goldberg95 and Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. No Facebook. He's not on Facebook. So if you find him, that's not, not him. He's not so, him. Follow his Instagram. 3,000
1: accounts on Facebook are not me.
0: That's right. None of them are him. Uh, some of our great fans, and, and they're, they're great guys, but uh, follow them on, on Twitter and Facebook. And if you really want to check out what's going on, the car collections and stuff, check out uh, uh, our Instagram stuff. And uh, Alistair, we, uh, we find you guys in
2: Edmunds. At edmunds.com on, on Instagram, at Edmonds on Twitter. Um, I'm at Weaver Alistair on Instagram at Alistair Weaver <laughs> on, on on Twitter and buy the book A Drive yeah. from the Wild Side on Amazon very exclusive. Yeah, I
0: tell you what you do is you you go to show dot com. You click on that little Amazon banner. You can go over. You can buy his book. It costs you nothing extra, and we all get a little something. something. Oh. We get a little bit of gas money. See what we did there? Yeah. So, yeah. so this works out. Um, you guys go to they Edmunds.com. They've, uh, uh, we didn't get to touch on it too much here, but um, there's, they always do the tests and the reviews on the cars, but there's always like a first drive, like a first impression on some stuff. And you guys did recently a few a few things.
2: Right? Yeah. We, there's some great stuff at the moment. Um, and we talk a lot on this show about the enthusiast stuff, but Edmunds' real kind of meat and drink is the... It, you know, it's proper, you know, it, it's meat and proper. potatoes in it's, this
0: country. It's meat and, it's potatoes. Meat and potatoes. So we <laughs> we
2: just did a really interesting piece on the Nissan Kick. Alana Cher, who I think, you know, yes, who, Alana, who's she's great. Join the team. You can be a great asset for us. Nineteen thousand dollars. Check out the video on YouTube and, and the piece on our on our site. Nissan Kicks. Nineteen thousand dollars. Great little car. Nissan Kicks. It's a little SUV thing that I've never even heard of. Yeah. It's
0: called a Nissan Kicks yeah not just one kick no no two it's, kicks it's two <laughs> kicks
2: and it has some really cool stuff it's $19,000 car you can opt to have it'll put um speakers Bose speakers in the in the headrest to yeah if you like a surround sound experience there's some cool stuff on it oh. Honda Insight Carlos Largo who's big star for us he went out and drove the new Insight which is kind of it's a hybrid but it's sort of a bit of a it's kind of based on the Civic but then it has a bit of Honda Accord in it as well we were really impressed by it so check out that video as well and so, yeah, busy, busy times, Mercedes Mercedes-Benz C-Class, Lexus ES, loads of stuff going on.
0: Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We're out of time. Uh, we love it when you have when we have you guys on the show, man. We appreciate that. So, uh, for, for Bill Goldberg and Alistair and myself, until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel.